Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired Baltimore police sergeant. In the Law Enforcement Today radio show, we are joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, their families, and the community. We'll also be discussing issues in the news from the perspective of those in law enforcement. Check out our daily articles on our website, lawenforcementtoday.com. And while you're there, download our free app. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook. Search for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. This career law enforcement officer recently took a DNA test. And the results were quite surprising. So much so that Hollywood would have a hard time writing this script. And he's coming up on the Law Enforcement Today Show. The Law Enforcement Today radio show is brought to you in part by the Help for Our Heroes program at Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725 online at helpforourheroes.com. The Help for Our Heroes program at Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for substance abuse, addiction, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Plus, they offer complete treatment for mental health issues for those without substance abuse problems. Finally, our heroes have access to a world-class program for PTSD, anxiety, depression, and more. In addition to multiple rehabilitation and holistic treatments for all those that suffer from substance abuse problems, the Help for Our Heroes program at Transformations Treatment Center is a nationally acclaimed veterans and first responders treatment program where law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the separate and highly specialized treatment they need. Their program features first responders and veterans helping first responders and veterans. Got questions? They have the answers at the Help for Our Heroes program at Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at helpforourheroes.com. Got a rare guest in the studio here. Actually, we're multitasking here at Law Enforcement Show. We've got Eric Reynolds in the studio. Eric, how are you? Fine. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. For those who've been listening for a while, Eric was on the show a long time ago, back in the early days, back when Robert Greenberg, the CEO of Law Enforcement Today, was my co-host. You were probably like when the first 10, 10 to 15 episodes. Way, yeah, way it was back. June, around June 2017. Yeah, we started March of 2017, so, so it's been quite a while. Eric is a Boynton Beach, Florida police officer, getting ready to retire. Uh, he's also become a friend of mine. We have done Cops and Cabins trip to Georgia together, and we'll talk more about that stuff later on. Just want to let you know for transparency purposes, I love the way politicians say that, that I do know Eric. I consider him not just a brother in blue, but also a friend. And also joining us on the phone, we have Dave Stahl. Dave, did I pronounce your last name correctly? That's correct. All right. We're going to explain the connection between you two in just a few moments. Eric, by the way, getting ready to retire. How many years have you had on the police department so far? Uh, it'll be almost 19 when I get out. When we had Eric on a show a long time ago, he talked about a shootout he'd been involved with with a bank robber, and he was shot in the foot, and he talked about the aftermath, and that was the focus of the conversation. Now Eric is, is transitioning. This, this show, Hollywood, could not come up with a better script than what we're going to lay on you. It is so unbelievable that most people would say, ah, can't be true. This is 100% true. You don't want to miss it. It's great stuff. Eric was retiring from police work, and you're going into 
a new passion of yours, which is trying to help people get healthier, lose weight, correct? Yeah, I figured uh, I developed some health issues myself and had to look at my diet and the way I was eating, what I was being told to eat by the American food industry. And I, find I found some gaps in what they're doing and they're not giving us the right information. So I started a group called Keto50.com. And it's for first responders and families, anyone that wants to be educated about the food industry and how they've conned us over the years, how they made us fat and sick. And they're in partnership with the pharmaceutical companies to keep us alive as we're sick to make a lot of profits. And you have a website, Keto50.com and .org. Which how much weight have you lost so far? Well, I'm maintaining now, but I lost 50 pounds in about 10 months. He looks good too. And he says he feels good. I just want to let you know. Quite often when we talk with people who, who talk about food industry and pharmaceutical industry and the medical industry, they start to sound a lot like the whole Area 51 conspiracy theorist. Eric is not quite there yet. yet. So when you go to his website, check him out. He's a rational mind. I, I want to focus on the conversation at hand. And I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm not quite sure how to start this. I'm going to paraphrase very quickly. Uh, and if I have the facts wrong, you guys can correct me. Eric, you talked about your health situation and decided to do a DNA test, right? Through like 23andMe or one of those companies? I did 23andMe three years ago just to be curious about my ancestry and, you know, where it came from, like which part of, you know, Ireland, England, and then also... So did you find out that you're a mutt or... No, I, I found out like, a lot of my DNA comes from the Viking areas that invaded... Um, Ireland and England. Gotcha. So I got a lot of, I, I like to say like the warrior DNA in me, uh-huh. you know, and, you know, more of a fighter than a flighter, you know, and. I'm not going with that. That might be his <laughs> DNA, but he's a nice guy. But you did that test. And when you do the DNA test, you have an option in there, uh, whether you want the results to be in like a public database, correct? Yes. Um, you can make it open for other people to contact you. If you're fam- you know, if you're related to them, or you can keep it private and let no one know about it. But I elected to say, hey, if somebody is my cousin or, you know, third, fourth cousin, then yeah, contact me if you want. I didn't never expected to happen what happened. So three years ago, and you didn't really, other than finding out your ancestry, you didn't learn a whole lot. No, nothing I didn't already kind of know. Now, this is where Dave pops into the scenario. Dave, you wound up doing a DNA test too, didn't you? Yes, but for different reasons altogether. And we'll get into reasons why in a moment. What did you find out when you did the DNA test? Well, you know, I wanted health reports as well. And when I got those, I was actually kind of pleased with those results. It didn't, wasn't anything dramatic. So I was like pretty pleased. I'm just scanning through the, uh, through the rest of the website and it had an option to see your DNA relatives. So okay. I clicked on the option and had, you know, 1,200 names pop up, which was kind of odd, especially given my unique situation but there was just one particular name at the very top of the list that struck me odd how so because it said he was my half brother and you had and you had no idea at that point that you had a half brother did you no because i was adopted so I, I i don't know anything about my about my biological family and i was adopted as an infant so when i when i see a half brother that of course piqued my curiosity because i've never had anything that was actual blood in my life before. And when I zoomed in on his picture, he was wearing a police jacket. And it said Florida underneath it. So once I saw that, I'm saying, I thought to myself, well, he's 
if he's a cop, and it, you know, this is probably not some scam artist or something like that. Cause it's too easy to to trace it out. So I I sent Eric Reynolds a email asking if he'd like to get in contact because we're supposedly brothers. What do you do for a living? Oh, I'm I've been a uh, Orange County uh, deputy sheriff for the last 29 years. I'm currently a sergeant and. I, I too am getting to retire, getting ready to retire next uh, June for thirty years. So this is the part that that I swear Hollywood cannot come up with. You didn't know that you had half brother. Eric had no, no idea he had a half brother. He's a, a police officer. You're a police sergeant, uh, in also in Florida, and you guys are. I, I mean, I didn't know how to say it. You're like brothers that you didn't know you had, and you're the same career field, and you didn't even know that the person existed. That pretty much sums up the last month of my life, yes. <laughs> and that just blows my mind because it, we always hear the stories about nature versus nurture. Uh, I've read stories about twin brothers separated at birth and they wind up having wives with the same name. They're in the same career field. Then every now you hear stories and saying, well, one grew up in a bad environment and he turned into a bad guy. Another one was a good guy. The chances that both of you work in law enforcement in Florida and had no idea the other one existed mathematically has to be like billions to one. Yes. And, and you add to that, that my adoptive father was a Navy pilot. So I, I had an in in that direction had I wanted to pursue that. But from about the age of four, the only thing that would have ever satisfied me in life was to be in law enforcement. And what's really crazy about this is you guys share the same father, correct? Yes. What line of work, Eric, what kind of line of work did he do? Well, when he was in the Air Force, he did police officer position in the Air Force. My mind's officially blown. Right there. It's, it's just, it's like, what's the, the, you see the old cartoons where the guy goes, his head explodes? That's about where mine's at right now. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, the email when he sent that day, and I'm sitting at breakfast, and I'm reading over, and it says, apparently, we're half-brothers, and... We both live in Florida, and we're both cops, and I was just like, holy cow. Dave, how do you start to process that when you find out I've got a half-brother and he's a cop? Well, I, I put it this way. It took me about a day and a half to actually send him an email to reach out to him because I had to sit there and just and just look at it, stare at it, and think about it, and, and just let it sink in to me as even being a possibility before I started trying to confirm it. Because I oh and and I'd also grown up an only child, so right. I had no brothers or sisters growing up. So this has been a big, big change. We're going to talk more with Eric Reynolds and Dave Stoll, both law enforcement officers, both career law enforcement officers. And until recently, they had no idea that they were half brothers. Thanks to a DNA test, they found out those results. We have more of the conversation in just a few moments. This is Law Enforcement Show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Finally, our heroes have access to a world-class program for PTSD, anxiety, depression, and more. The Help for Our Heroes program at Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for substance abuse, addiction, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Plus, they offer complete treatment for mental health issues for those without substance abuse problems. 
in addition to multiple rehabilitation and holistic treatments for all those suffering from substance abuse problems, the Help for Our Heroes program at Transformation Treatment Center is a nationally acclaimed veterans and first responders treatment program where law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the separate and highly specialized treatment they need. Got questions? They have the answers at the Help for Our Heroes program at Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at helpforourheroes.com. This portion of the Law Enforcement Today's show is brought to you in part by Operational Police Detective Services, the top firm in Maryland for security, armed police, canine services, and armed helicopter escort. They also offer complete, thorough, and in-depth protection and security surveys. OPPS personnel are highly trained local, state, and federal off-duty police officers. Based out of Baltimore, Maryland, they can accommodate assignments throughout the East Coast. For more information, call 443-790-2511 or visit OPPSProtection.com. That's OPPSProtection.com. When you have a chance, be sure to go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, and download our free mobile app. We have a version for your Android and iPhone devices. It's 100% free. Get it at lawenforcementtoday.com. Back to the Law Enforcement Today show, a unique conversation. First of all, we've got a guest in the studio, Eric Reynolds, Boynton Beach, Florida Police Department, a friend, of a, a brother in blue. And until recently, he had absolutely no idea that he had a half-brother who's also a career law enforcement officer, Sergeant Dave Stoll, in the Orange County, Florida Sheriff's Department, which, by the way, for those not familiar with Florida, is around the Orlando area. Both of you guys, before I get too far into this, I want to thank you for your service. I know what it's like. I know how difficult it can be, how challenging it can be. So I want to thank you, and I don't say that enough. So, And if you're like me, I don't know how to respond to that. No, thank you, and thank you for your service, Jay. Well, and all of a sudden, I really feel special. I, when people tell me that, Dave, people tell you thank you for your service? Yes, yes, I do. Do you know how to respond to that? Because I haven't quite figured that one out. Well, it depends on how they say it. If they say thank you for your service, I just usually say I appreciate it. That's pretty good. I mean, I complicate Because you don't say thank you to them saying thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a lot of times I want to say, and this is a bone of contention I've gotten lately with police. When they do really heroic stuff, if you interview them, they'll say, oh, I'm just doing my job. They always downplay it. And I, I'm, I'm starting to get angry because I've, I've worked with so many people that did truly heroic things that they didn't really question until afterwards. And you and I both know what it's like afterwards when you really have a chance to process these things. And they say, oh, no, what did I just go through? I want, I want to hear law enforcement people say, thank you. And not just try to to downplay what they did. That makes sense. Yeah, it's not easy to do. So, you grew up as an only child. You were adopted. How old were you when you were adopted? I was eight months old. It was it was a private adoption, and there was very almost no information given to my adoptive parents about my biological parents. So I I grew up only knowing them, and they told me as a you know as a very young child about being adopted they just didn't have much else to tell me about it and back then it wasn't something that was talked about as openly as it is nowadays correct 
So you knew from an early age you were adopted, and I can understand getting the DNA test because you really didn't know your, your biological history at all. You didn't know susceptibility to a certain type of illnesses, cancers, or whatever. Is that what motivated you to do the DNA test? Yes, it was, because um, my my father passed away last year, and he was my, he was my last parent. And so even though he didn't have many answers for me, my only source for any sort of answers was gone now, and I still had questions now that I'm, you know, I hit 50 myself last year. I'm like, well, I'd kind of like to know what's in the store for me any way that I can. And hopefully, by taking a DNA test, it would, I know they're not exact, but it would give you some answers, some ballpark figures about what runs in your background. And I'm sure exactly. you found out about ancestry and, and where you your family came from or your 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 parents came from and their their parents right and and i was it was, it was kind of funny because my my grandmother always thought i was italian and that's like the one of the only things that i'm not <laughs> <laughs> oh so you're not like a warrior norwegian uh viking kind of guy like eric oh no i i'm from northwestern europe i'm all English, Irish, French, and German. So between those four, that makes up over 80% of my DNA. So I'm, I'm from the same region. Okay. Well, that makes perfect sense. So you, you guys share half the, the DNA. And so when you saw that you have all these relatives, that must have been a real aha moment. Yeah. I, and, you know, because now I'm going through the list and I'm asking Eric, okay, do you know this name? Do you know that name? Because now I'm trying to figure out what side these other names are at the top of the list that are the closest relatives. And then when you saw the one name about having a half brother, what, what the heck was that like? I, I was, I was sitting on the couch next to my wife watching TV. And I looked down at it. I stared at it for a minute and I'm like, honey, um, look at this. And she looked at it like, what does that mean? It's like, I guess it means I got a brother somewhere. And it was just, it was just, it was the weirdest feeling. And it had his photo there, or did you have to request more information? At that point, it had his photo. You have to click a few things before you get names on there because they want to make sure that you really want the information. They don't, they don't shove it at you. You have to ask them for it just to make sure you don't get any surprises you weren't ready for. So it had his picture right there under his name. See, what's weird for me, and I can't. I can't even come up with some basis for understanding. I grew up in a big family. Dad was a career Navy guy. He was gone a lot, but he was home. Uh, and we knew. We knew our grandparents. We knew aunts and uncles. We knew cousins. They lived far away from us. But I have four sisters, and we knew each other. Uh, so to have no idea whatsoever and all of a sudden get all this information thrown in your lap, I'm like I, I don't know, would there be like overload? Almost. I mean, I, I grew up with, with everything you just mentioned, but they were all my parents' relatives. So, and I just, you know, I just took them as my relatives and never, never thought of it any differently. So I always felt the same way about them that you felt about yours. But seeing something in your brain saying, okay, this one is actually your relative. It's not just because it's your mom's cousin. And it's, I don't know, it, it was a different feeling. Eric, I'm going to pose a question to you. I'm, I'm talking with Dave, and I understand what he's saying. I'm, we're talking the same language. I get it. We're both speaking English. But part of it just doesn't make sense. 
Because when he, you notice he says, they're still my family, and I get that part, but this is my mom's cousin. And then I have real relatives, and I'm thinking, that just doesn't make sense in my mind. That would be a big shocker for you as well. Yeah, I mean, I knew I possibly might have a half-sibling out there because my dad was pretty... Let's say he had some fun when he was married to my mom in the service as a young 19, 20-year-old man. And uh, I never knew if he messed up along the way. So I was expecting Dave to be maybe a couple years younger than me. And when he replied back how old he was and he was older, and then I had a big brother all of a sudden, that was kind of shocking. And you grew up as the only child too, didn't you? Yes, but my dad remarried, had kids later on when I was in my teens. But okay. I didn't grow up in the same city with them or state. So in a way, for 14 years of my life, I was an only child in my house. And this coming from me, coming from a big family, uh, where we had all these kids and one bathroom. So to go from having no siblings to speak of, to all of a sudden... I took this test for whatever reasons, and I was, you took yours three years ago. You were blissfully unaware until how long ago? Uh, July 11th was the day I found out. And that took Dave sending you an email. Yes. Just out of the blue. <laughs> You've got mail. By the way, this is your brother. I'm going to shock you. Yeah. But it was cool at the same time. I don't know. You can't. It's hard to explain. Once he said he was a cop, I'm like... This is crazy. Like, and he's like two and a half hours away from me. That's just crazy. We're going to take a short break. We are talking with Eric Reynolds and Dave Stoll. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This portion of the Law Enforcement Today radio show is brought to you in part by Pet Rescue Life Facebook page. Everyone's welcome at the Pet Rescue Life Facebook page, where you'll find fun, informative, and enjoyable posts daily. Purebred, mixed breeds, rescues, we love them all. Be sure to like the Pet Rescue Life Facebook page. Return of conversation with Eric Reynolds in the studio here at Law Enforcement Today. Boynton Beach, Florida police officer. Getting ready to retire. And joining us on the phone from the Orlando, Florida area, Orange County Sheriff Sergeant Dave Stoll. Until recently, these guys had no idea that they were brothers, and they're both in law enforcement, and they just met each other or introduced each other June 11th. That's July 11th, just that recently. So uh, this is crazy. And thanks to modern DNA testing, this is the kind of information people find out. And part of me is like thinking, I want to get this done. My wife had a DNA test done, and her her joke was she thought she should be Swedish a little bit of Swiss in her, some Native American, and she found out she's 91% Irish. My grandparents immigrated from Ireland. I'm about 75%. She goes, I'm more Irish than you. And she goes, I want to be something exotic. I'm saying, I hate to break it to you, but they are kind of exotic. (laughs) So you guys do the test. Dave, you do the test more recently, and you find out, you do it because you're adopted, and you want to find out more information. You find out, I've got these extended family members, and I have a half-brother. And you sat on that information for about how long? For about a day and a half, thereabouts. I had to, as I told Eric, I had to chew on it for a little bit before I decided what my next step was going to be. Because, you know, unlike Eric, he put his his stuff as public. I kept mine private on the setting, so he would have never seen it had I not reached out to him. 
was there part of you that didn't want that you weren't sure you wanted to go and reach out to him or did it take a while or did you know no. right away? No, I mean, honestly, if, and, and now that I'm met, I'm, I, you know, I, I've got to, I'll have a different opinion about it. But at the time, if, if it say been Eric's father was the only one who came up and it shows up as my dad, that one may have taken me longer to, to reach out to. Cause I, you know, cause I was, like I said, I, I had parents growing up and they, they loved me and they, they raised me right and they did a good job. So I wasn't looking for a replacement parent. But when I saw a brother, I'm like, well, I'm not replacing one of those because I never had one before. So you decide, I'm going to send this cat an email? And how, how does one start that conversation by email? Well, it, the email came through the website because that way you know, it stays in their system. And if he didn't want to do anything, there's no harm, no foul. But yeah, I, I, it started off something to the effect of, Hello, uh, you know, according to 23andMe, you and I are half-brothers. And as luck would have it, I'm also in law enforcement. And just kind of went from there, and I gave him the option if he wanted to contact me. You know, here, here's my information, and if he didn't, you know, that was up to him. And Eric, when you got that automated email, for lack of better words, you must have went, holy cow, I wasn't expecting this at all. Probably a little more profanity at that point, but uh, <laughs> knowing you, I'm sure, it's a lot more. Yeah, and it was a slam dunk for me. I'm like, I'm going to meet this dude because I mean, he's a cop in Florida. You know, I don't know the circumstances of how you know how he was born, what my my dad was doing. We had to discuss that to figure out, kind of backtrack. There's some sensitivity issues to, to be concerned with, I'm sure. Yeah, because like I said, I didn't know if he had, you know. My mom, my mom and dad dated a long time ago, so I didn't know if my dad had stepped out of my mom back then. It turns out it was way before I even met my mom, so it all worked out on that end. And then we had, had to let him know, like, Dave, you got two more brothers and another sister, you know, Mason, Matt, and Alex, and your d- biological dad is still alive. And do we want to approach that topic? Oh, my goodness. I thought my mind was blown before. That really is... I don't know. If, I'm not, I don't even think I want to have that conversation, to be honest with you, because that would be very difficult. I, I think I'd have a really tough time handling that and say, how, how do you start that conversation? Well, I, I, I think Dave and I uh, talked on a Friday, and I go, you want me to tell him tomorrow? and call him. He's like, yeah. So I called my dad. I go, Dad, I'm going to be direct. No. I don't know how to tell you this. <laughs> I, I go, I did another DNA test, and I could hear him wince because I don't know what he was thinking I was going to tell him. I go, you have another son, and he's older than I am, and he's an Orange County Sheriff's deputy. And his you know, mind was just blown. I ended up talking to my stepmom the rest of the way and sending her pictures a day that him and I have uh, sent back and forth, and she's screaming at him, he's your son. He looks just like you. You know, and it was. Wow. And like what I was telling some people is, you know, I gained a half brother. My father has now found out about a son that's been alive and on, you know, on Florida for the last 50, well, now 51 years. The shock that he must be going through. Yeah. And and it's real easy to want to place a a moral value on what people did or should have done or should know. Did they know? I'm not in a position to judge that. And, and, don't know the facts and don't want to. I'm still trying to process if all of a sudden, if I got the news that I had a son or a daughter somewhere that I didn't know from some time back when I was a teenager and dating uh, or my very early 20s, I don't even know where I'd begin with that conversation. And if I had one of my daughters call me up and say, oh, by the way, 
uh, you got another daughter and her name is so-and-so. I, I don't know if I could even have a, a response to that. It would take me a few days. Well, uh, Dave and my dad talked the next day. After yeah. I told him, yeah, it gets better. <laughs> so you, yeah. they, you, you got to go with him, your, your biological dad the next day. Yeah. He, he called me and, and yeah, it wasn't a long conversation. You know, we talked and there, you know, there was a little nervousness on, on his end that I could tell. And obviously I had some too, but really I spent most of the time on the phone trying to let him off the hook saying, Hey, look, you didn't know I existed. So the decision, you know, for me to be adopted wasn't yours. You weren't allowed to participate in that. You didn't know anything. And I've had a good life. You know, don't feel bad for me because I was, you know, I had good parents. So it worked out real well for me. So you're not guilty of anything. And I wanted to get to make that clear because, you know, I don't, I don't, I didn't want him feeling bad or something that he had no control over. That was very decent of you. I, well, it's also good, and it's obviously you, you didn't have a lot of anger, hostility, or resentment about it either. I never have. And I don't, I don't have any towards my biological mother either, because I, especially based on what, what little bit I can tell now, uh, piece together, she probably had to be somewhere between the age of 17 and 19 herself. It was 1967, and she was not married, and, you know... Other decisions could have been made, which would have drastically impacted my life, uh, you know, a lot worse than what I went through, which was, wasn't bad at all. So I've, I've never been angry. I've never been bitter about it. She, she made a decision, and it, and it was probably the best decision for her and for me. I've never been in a predicament. I don't know. Uh, and to be honest with you, this, again, is a scenario where I have no idea. And so many people are quick to judge in a judgmental mode. I have no idea what I'd do if I was presented with that situation at that age. None. That could very easily happen to any of us sitting here. Because, you know, well, I was a seminarian, but I, I wasn't always an altar boy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, if the laws had been different back then, I may not exist at all. That's true, too. And you have to wonder what kind of impact would you're not being part of our, our state, our community, the police department, how many lives you saved that, that may not have been if you weren't there. This is where it gets into Hollywood script that just becomes too big for me to imagine. I can't believe that this is the end of the story. That I, I think some point in the future, somebody's going to contact you guys and say, we got to do a made-for-television movie about this or something. Yeah, I mean, we've done a, a lot of news um, we've been all over the news. We've talked to I've some reporters. I've seen all over the news and his brother all over the news. This is a guy, he, he doesn't want any publicity for anything. And all of a sudden, he's in his uniform, he's looking sharp, and he's like doing the hand motions like an NFL coach after a game on, on national news. I'm like, this is the cat I know? It, <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me. I think I'm, I'm just really excited because, you know, I, like I said on the news, I've never had a big brother before. And throughout my life, there was times where I could have used one, you know, to ask about girls or cars or, you know, dealing with maybe bullies or dealing with a football coach. And then when him and I sat back one weekend in his RV, just him and I having a couple of cocktails and grilling, we had one-on-one conversations to cover for 50 years. And we're going to talk about that when we return. This is Law Enforcement Today's show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. If you've missed past episodes of the Law Enforcement Today's show, 
Never fear. You can listen to them online. Just go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, or download our free app, also available on our website. That's lawenforcementtoday.com. See you there. This is Law Enforcement Today Show. I'm John J. Wiley, joined in studio with Eric Reynolds, Boynton Beach, Florida police officer, and his brother, half-brother, on the phone, Orange County, Florida, Sheriff Sergeant Dave Stoll. I'm going to recap this story because it's just Hallmark got nothing on this story. Eric took a DNA test three years ago for ancestry reasons and to find about health concerns. And then Dave, who was adopted at eight months old, really knew nothing about his biological family, took a DNA test more recently, and he found out that he has a half-brother, Eric Reynolds. And Dave's a police officer, sergeant, and Eric's a police officer, both in the same state. And that right there is just too bizarre to be coincidences. I knew early on I wanted to be a cop. I knew it. Eric, how about you? Well, my mom was a... Miami-Dade Sheriff's Deputy for pretty much 30 years. I didn't really go into it to be a law enforcement officer. I was kind of thinking the federal level. That's when my mom was kind of oh, pushing Oh, you want to be a fed, yeah. It wasn't. It was her pushing that in my uh-huh. brain. Yeah. And then, you know. I'm re- not going to say anything negative about them. I'm just, we're just laughing at each well, other. Well, reality checked in after a few of the tests I took. And then uh, <laughs> I started catching shoplifters. And then I ended up getting recruited by Boynton Beach Police Department and, and just figured, it's a lot better to fight these thieves with my Batman belt than just a pair of handcuffs. So. And Dave, you were from a Navy family, and you caught the bug for law enforcement at a very young age as well, didn't you? Yes, I was about four years old, and I had a cousin who was uh, worked for the Huntington Police Department in West Virginia, and he came to visit, and he he uh, brought me a little blue button-up shirt that he'd sewn two of his department patches on, and a little bus driver cap, and a set of handcuffs, and... My fate was sealed from that moment on. It's all tough. I remember being a kid growing up in Norfolk, Virginia, career Navy family, and, and the Norfolk police, they weren't, they were around. You saw them. It's not like it is today. There, was, there wasn't the, the mystery about them that we seem to have so much today. And they had like big 38s and all this stuff. And they were like the coldest cats ever. And they were all regular guys. And they're all, most of them were military guys. And I fell in love with them. And when I, Decided that priesthood wasn't for me. Immediately, I knew I wanted to be in law enforcement. And that was right around 16 years of age. I decided celibacy was not for me, but policing was. (laughs) And uh, Baltimore recruited me, and and the rest they say is history. I want to go back to you. took the test. You found out that you've got this half-brother. You reach out by email. A day or so later, you're on the phone uh, with your biological dad talking to him. And then the decision's made that you guys are going to get together and meet each other. Right. How was that done? Well, the first weekend, he invited us to his house and to stay with his wife and himself. And I brought my wife and my two boys. And he's got a little separate uh, mother's quarters area. So we were able to crash there and then pretty much sat at the pool, had some drinks, had some snacks. You know, like Davis said before, like we barely even scratched the surface that weekend. That's like getting to know you time a little yeah, bit. The you wives know? are talking, the kids are interrupting, you know, typical stuff, you know. And then we had to come back. It was short and sweet. And he then made the suggestion of the following weekend, him bringing his RV down. And then we could just hang out in the RV, him and I, and just kind of bond and, you know, go over things. So, Dave, you you were like pretty wide open about this whole thing is what it sounds like. Yes. Yes, I was. It was I was I was anxious. I mean, I was like a kid waiting on him to to uh, pull down the street. I'm looking out the window 
waiting for a car to come down the street. And of course, the only difference between me and a kid was I had two shots of vodka waiting for us when he when he uh, got out of the car. This is where you guys got back together a little bit later. You took the RV down, and th- this is where it became more intimate. And this is where you started to get to know each other. How, how does one get to start the conversation about, I want to get to know my brother who I've never knew I had, and I'm 50 years old? Well, I think we tried a, a couple of times to maybe start chronologically, and that just wasn't working. So it's just like as random things popped in, we just, you know, we changed the subject 10 times in an hour just to talk about different things. So it was, it, there was no rhyme or reason. And it's just whatever would, would pop in one of our heads. We talked about that and we move on to the next thing. And, and we figure eventually we'll, we'll have a pretty good basis to go on about knowing each other. But, you know, it's, we're still learning so much. And it's a lot to learn. Did you find out, Eric, that you guys have more things in common than you would think other than just law enforcement background? Yeah, I mean, one of the fallback topics we would always fall back into would be our law enforcement career, whether it's different scenes we'd been to, different calls, the typical stuff you can talk with another officer about. Right. But some of the other things, you know, he's he's a big football fan like I am, so we we both played football, so there's some stories there. We we would end up sometimes, you know, talking police work, and then I was like, well, who was your first girlfriend in high school, you know, or junior high? But 50 years of stories – and I don't know anything about like his teenage years or what first car he had. There's just so much there, you know, and random stuff would just pop up. And we, it's almost like we're going back and forth, you know, with different stories that relate to the topic at hand. Well, my first car was a blistering fast Datsun 210. Get out. <laughs> the first car I ever bought was, was a 1980 Datsun 210. Wow. You probably bought his car. It was there. like a pale blue with a five speed and it got stolen and stripped. I was like, they must have been the most desperate car thieves in Baltimore to steal that car. There was, it, it wouldn't get out of its own way. So, yeah, my, my, my football buddies used to fix the car up and put it onto the sidewalk when I was in class. One of the things I do know about Eric is he is a big, and this is something I didn't know about Florida until I moved here. Because uh, in you know, Maryland, we had University of Maryland and a couple other colleges, but it was never Florida, no, Florida State, no, University of Miami, no. I know he's a big Florida State Seminoles fan. Uh, alumni. Oh, uh, alumni as well. He'll so never forget that's that. an example of it. <laughs> what, what college team did you root for? Well, my, my, my dad actually played football for Marshall University in West Virginia. That's a thundering that, herd, that, isn't it? Is that what they're known as? Nick. Yes, that's the one that they had the plane crash. Gotcha. And killed the whole team. Well, a couple of the coaches that died in a plane crash actually played with my dad. So I've always followed that team, and if there was a brief rivalry between them and UCF, but they're in different divisions now, so I'm, I don't make anyone mad in Florida by being a Marshall fan now. No. Most people in Florida would have no idea what you're even talking about. Is that a college? Marshall? Yeah. Marshall University? Never heard of it. You say Thundering Herd, Plane Crash, they go, oh yeah, I remember that. I do. Yeah. So you're both football guys, you're both law enforcement, and the next question obviously is, all right. You started a relationship together. You guys both want to know more about each other. You want to hang out together. You want to spend time together with your families. What's the next step? Where, where do you go from here, Eric? Well, how fate has it, my, my wife and I have been discussing doing some road schooling and taking our kids on the road, either living the RV life or buying a trailer and just go hit every national park. And turns out Dave has been doing the RV national park scene for like 10 years. So now I've got a guide and someone that you know, give me some instruction and guidance in this. And we have to introduce him 
to our mutual friend Stacy West, uh, her and her husband. Stacy was an Auburndale, Florida police officer who was shot multiple times and retired. And they do the RV lifestyle. As a matter of fact, they have a YouTube channel. That's what they do. They go in RV and stay somewhere three months. They work there for their lodging. And they do videos about different things, part tourism, part whole RV thing. And they both seem to love it. Yeah, and, and I, I fell in love with the, with the lifestyle. And it, it actually changed my entire re- retirement plans because I grew up mostly in San Diego as a kid. And I love it out there. I mean, I love the weather. You can't, and San Diego is like the only last conservative part of California. So I want to go out there, but I can't afford to live out there Who on can? a cop's pension. Who can afford to live out there in, in San Diego? Right. I don't know. So I can stay in an RV park for about the same price I can around here. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm sitting here thinking of cops and cabins and cops and campers, too. <laughs> Maybe we should reach out to um, Bannon County, Blue Ridge, Georgia, Tourism Development Council and say, hey, let's put together another one. And, and it's feature you and your brother and me and Robert and some of the other people. We try to get Mike down from Montana. So here we are, gentlemen. This is really beyond Hollywood to me. As a matter of fact, this story is so bizarre, I would think it'd be a, a made-for-TV movie for some B-movie. Like, hey, let's do an e- DNA test. Hey, guess what? You got a half-brother. Hey, guess what? He's the same career field as you. Oh, my goodness. Let's get together and have a happy life and sing Kumbaya and, and just make some oars. But this is reality. It's not a movie. And that's the part about this that I think up until July, you had no idea you had a brother. No. And you had no idea you had other siblings, half-siblings, or whatever the terminology is. No. Yep. I've been the only child for so long. Now I'm not sure. You know, at least I'm the oldest. I still have I still have a title, but it's it's just weird. <laughs> this whole thing is so so bizarre and so wonderful. And I'll be honest with you, I'm very very happy for both of you guys, Eric and Dave. Thanks so much for joining us and telling your story on the Law Enforcement Show. Very much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you for having me. If you've missed past episodes of the Law Enforcement Today Show, never fear. You can listen to them online. Just go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, or download our free app, also available on our website. That's lawenforcementtoday.com. I'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the Law Enforcement Today Show. We've got another great guest heading your way next week. Don't miss it. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya. See ya.